0: Welcome to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. On this episode of Water with Lemon, I'm chatting with Katie Bulmer. Katie is an author, blogger, and a mom that loves to speak to women in their 20s. One of her favorite phrases is Jesus is better than boys and Bacardi. On this episode, we talk about all things dating. Have you ever struggled with how to set good physical and emotional boundaries? ever been through a breakup and didn't know how to handle it, well, Katie gives us some insight as an older and wiser woman that has been in our shoes. A lot of you gave me some real good questions to ask for this episode, and I think you guys are really going to love it. Stay fresh, my people. Hey, Katie. How's it going? Hello. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on today to talk about dating. Whoa. How exciting! Yep all, all all of our favorite subjects, right? Yes, yep. yes, yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looks like for you these days.
1: All right. Well, I my family and I moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee not too long ago. Right at a year ago. I have two little girls. My husband works in financial literacy, so we always joke if he can teach young people how to handle their money and I can teach young people how to have healthy relationships, we can save a lot of twenty yeah. year so. From a lot of mess. Uh, Yeah, we lived here in Chattanooga. I've worked in advertising pretty much my whole grown-up life. I was a marketing major, and I've worked in print, radio, TV, pretty much every form of advertising you can imagine. Mm. Currently, I sell promotional items, so your hats, t-shirts, pins, and stuff like that to colleges. Sweet. So that is what pays the bills, but what pays the dream is speaking to the younger me, um, writing blogging, speaking and different colleges, um, mostly to sorority women and just girls in general about how I feel like we're all thirsty, we're all looking for something to fill that void. And
0: you kind of have a mission statement about why you speak over 20-somethings, right? So can you tell us about that and why you're so passionate about that?
1: Well, uh, my kind of my joke tagline is saying, Jesus is better than boys in Bacardi, but really... <laughs> Because, you know, we, we get into college and this, this, everyone expects you to, you know, you only live once in freshman year and all that kind of stuff. And, and we all, well, not all of course, but a lot of, we experience that and I'm all in favor of having fun always, if not always, that is another motto. But, you know, when you're throwing up till you can't <laughs> breathe anymore or sexual relationships that end with scars and you end up, is, is that really fun? And everyone knows it's not. And. I just want to look, speak to that younger me and say, you know, Jesus is just better than boys and McCarty because I was chasing that abundant life, that happily ever after, that whatever you want to call it. And shocker, cannot find it in all of these temporary pleasures. Um, you know, after another breakup, after searching for love in all the wrong places, God kind of broke me. Um, well, I'll kind of jump into my testimony, but the woman at the well story was my aha moment. And, uh anyway that's I'll, I'll get into that in a minute but that's just where yeah I find myself broken looking for love in all the wrong places and God's like um is that really fun because I came to give you life and give it more abundantly and I know you're like sitting there going no but really I'm fun oh I'm gonna throw up like <laughs> <laughs> and he's like no I came to give you life and give it more abundantly and, and that um' so what changed my life and it seems like every time I share this story with a girl at a coffee shop or whatever it is, like, we just have some tears and she's like, yeah, me too.
0: So, mm, yeah, that's good. Can you tell us, you know, what that was like for you? What was college like? Kind of share your testimony in that area of your life.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I didn't grow up, you know, we went to church on occasion because we lived in Georgia. Um, <laughs> and so you just kind of, you say you're a Christian, but yep, that was Bible Belt. Uh, right. Right. And that, but that was all there was to it. I went to youth group a few times, but really I I had nothing, you know, I didn't know anything about, I thought that Jesus was someone to get in the way of having all my fun and for the love of being popular, I wanted nothing to do with that, right? So typical, you know, boys and popularity and trying to be pretty and trying to be, um, go to all the right parties and date all the right guys and all of these things, which I thought would bring me happy ever, happy ever after, right? That's what all the movies said, and and Cinderella can't be wrong. And of course, Jerry Maguire said a boy would complete me, so <laughs> made perfect sense. But unfortunately, the real world um, hit me pretty hard when that just wasn't working. It it kept not working over and over, and I and I thought, oh well, if I date this guy, you know, it'll be better. Or um, maybe not the super cute guy because he'll cheat on me. Maybe I maybe I'll date the nerdy guy, you know, like just the ridiculous hoops I was jumping through to try and become whoever it was he wanted to meet, he wanted me to be, or whoever it was that wouldn't end in heartbreak and and just chasing all these mirages. Um, My senior year, you know, when you're not dating to find a prom date anymore, so to speak, you know, you're trying to be like, okay, no, this is serious. At least Mm -hmm. that's what my 22 year old self thought. Um, Another heartbreak. And I was like. What the heck, man? Like this is not cool. So literally it was kind of like exhausting all my efforts and I had a friend invite me to a bible study. And I seriously, I mean, I, this is no joke. I showed up the um the wrong day in the wrong place the first time. Oh, boy. I it was a crew it was a crew event and it met at a local church on a Wednesday. I showed up on a Tuesday at the wrong church. Oh no. <laughs> I was so completely uninvolved with the church world, but we tried again on a Wednesday at the right church. And <laughs> I was, I was shocked that there were people there. Um, it is, I don't shallow as it sounds, but there's a girl right, right now that like, you know, can relate to this. I, I didn't know that anyone could be cool and be a Christian. Mm. You know, I thought that, um, it was all people who couldn't spell the word fun. And, um, and I was shocked that there were people there that I would consider friends and people that were like enjoying themselves. And it was like this whole new world had been opened up to me when I went to this crew event. Um, So I kept coming back and eventually I heard the story about the woman at the well in John chapter four. And that was my aha moment because the way it was described to me was the woman was holding a cup that basically had holes in it. And so she's like, you know, filling her cup with this, this guy and, Oh, it feels good. I feel fulfilled. For a minute, and then it seeps out and you feel empty again. And then you, oh, well, maybe this guy will be better. And you fill your heart and your cup or whatever it is with this guy. And again, it it seeps out over and over again. And Jesus says, I came to give you eternal water so you'll never have to thirst again. And it was just kind of like, what is eternal water? Oh, I didn't (laughs) know that was a thing. You mean there's something that can fulfill me and I'll never have to keep chasing all these mirages anymore? Mm. I did not know what eternal water was, but I wanted a keg of it. Is what I always say. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just prayed a very unfancy, but very genuine prayer. It was like, God, I don't know what eternal water is, but I want some. And and it, everything just started to change. You know, He just was so gentle to me during that time and um, surrounded me with with people who who loved Jesus, who who knew how to have fun. Again, that was mm. like what. I, don't know. I, I know that was the thing. I thought Christians didn't know how to have fun and, um, some great people. And, um, the next mer- person I dated was my husband who was Aww. completely like any other guy I'd ever dated, but we'll talk more about that. Soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's always like the ending is like, and then I met and then, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and you're like, okay, here we go for the tears, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, well, I'm excited to jump into dating. Um, And one of the biggest things that uh, a lot of, you know, questions were coming in on Instagram this week and also that I've just experienced with myself and with, with my girls around me is how to keep boundaries. So the biggest one, it seems like, is how do you keep emotional boundaries in a relationship? So, you know, what is okay to talk about? What is not okay for you to talk about? You know, what are some things that you should probably wait till engagement or marriage to talk about. So do you have any insight on, you know, emotional boundaries and how to keep those in a, in a biblical uh, relationship?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, there's lots of levels of intimacy, you know, relational, um, even physical, of course, physical, uh, lots of different, even spiritual. We have, we have boundaries and we have intimacy. Um, You know, as far as what to talk about and what not to talk about, you can't get to know someone without, of course, sharing stuff and, and becoming, well, when I say intimate, everyone thinks <laughs> everyone thinks the bedroom, but you become intimate, you share yourself, you know, like we're all an onion, right? And the first time mm-hmm. you're not going to share your deep, dark secrets and that's okay. And that's normal. But anytime you, you take off those layers and take off that mask, you're just becoming more and more vulnerable.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's not always a bad thing. That's how we get to know each other. That's how we fall in love. And all of those are good things. But I think that it, it's just, it's just something to be watchful of, and something to be to be careful of. I think, um, just as our culture is very um, thinking, you know, no strings attached to physical intimacy, we also need to be a little bit of strings attached to our emotional and all the other forms of intim- intimacy. Because when when um, breakups, well, if, if, if if unfortunately some of those relationships will end in heartbreak, you you just don't want to have all of those things that are already out there. So I guess the rule of thumb would be if you were to break up and I know never, no one ever thinks you're going to break up, right? We're always going to
0: date this person and
1: live live happily ever after. But if the worst happens and if this relationship were to end, what would you want him to, you know, not know? What, what is, what is maybe too much? Um, maybe that's just a rule of thumb, but I think that, you know, in general, you have to get to know each other. You have to share your true self, but you know, there's no like this is too much and this isn't too much because that's very individual to who you are. Mm. But I I guess I would just say proceed with caution and there's not a lot of voices saying that in any sense of the the realm. So whatever your heart is, whatever your emotions are, I just, I guess I would just say proceed with caution and you have to show your real self, but not on (laughs) day one, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, not
1: even on a few months and, and get to know each other and yeah if that makes sense, yeah
0: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, so you know, share what is you know sometimes I think about like if if there is something that um you're sharing with your girlfriends like yeah that is you know this is my heart and and it is more of like an intimate you know I need accountability in this. that's probably not something that you're gonna share with your boyfriend immediately, right um, right because maybe that's that's something that's too far and again, like what if you were to break up and he knows all these things about yeah. you, so saving a lot of those more intimate things, things that you're struggling with like that should be saved for for your friends instead of your boyfriend, right um yeah. But then when you start to get into more serious dating or, you know, even thinking about engagement, some of those things are probably important to share, like what you really struggle with and things like that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's all very good advice. I think that that's a good point about, you know, having girlfriends too. And, you know, even like there's no shame in having a counselor or things like that. But um, yes, you absolutely need to open up. But a boyfriend relationship, he's never going to be your savior, of course. Mm -hmm. And we can't like expect, Hey, I have this, um, this thing I'm dealing with fix me because he's just a man, you know? So uh, the boyfriend and girlfriend relationship is never designed to, to save anyone. So certainly sharing things, but knowing that he's never going to be the one to fix it. So why even ask him to?
0: Yeah, that's so good. Okay. So let's move into, um, keeping physical boundaries then. So what should that look like?
1: Ah, uh, million dollar question. Woo hoo! All right, so a lot to say about this. Uh, Andy Stanley did a sermon about guardrails. It's pretty famous. You may have heard of it. But we we all have guardrails on the highway to stop your car from going in the ditch, right? But you don't necessarily want to even bump into a guardrail. So if we say I don't want to have sex before marriage, you also don't want to be alone with him with the door closed and the lights off a few articles of clothing missing (laughs) and his favorite cologne. You know what I mean? Like we just, you play with fire, you're going to get burned. So, Mm. um, like I said, my husband was totally unlike any other guy I've ever dated. And every other past relationship was this unspoken game of, of how far is too far. And, um, well, we kissed this time. So what about next time? And, and no one put a name to it, but it was always this, how far can we go without falling over? And then, Mm. You know whatever whatever this this un, this terrible game was, but with Brian it was like well we're not married so it's not even a discussion like we didn't even put ourselves in those type of um, areas and mm-hmm. for temptation so if ever we we're hanging out at his house and I didn't even know he did this he told me later he's like we were only hanging out in the living room and the lights were on and I would even open up the blinds it was just <laughs> like it was just like his um, accountability because you know if we we're like making out or something he doesn't want people to it was a, a duplex and there's neighbors and stuff and you don't yeah. want people to walk by. And so just giving yourself that little bit of accountability um, because yes, I mean, it's, it's good to be attracted to each other. All of that is a good thing. Don't like say, Oh, I'm sinful because I think he's cute and I want to make out with him. I hope you do if you're attracted <laughs> to him, like that's good. But um, God designed this intimacy as a, it's a beautiful thing and it's awesome in marriage. But when we mess with fire and we take it outside of marriage. Actually, I always describe it as a fire because in my fireplace, it's beautiful and it's perfect and it serves a wonderful purpose. But a fire, the same exact thing in the middle of my living room, is destructive and leaves mm-hmm. scars. So, this beautiful um, gift that God gave us is in intimacy, He put it, He gave us to us in marriage, not to steal our fun or because He's mean, but because He knows it's such a fragile. An expensive and rare gift that it can't just be handled by just anyone. And so he says, two people who love each other forever, to death do you part, who can know the good and the bad and the ugly of each other. This is a gift that you can share. And Mm -hmm. and I believe it's a little bit of a glimpse of how much he loves us. Just, um, you know, your true self, naked in every sense of the word, Mm -hmm. like pulling out all of the um no more fronts. No more, I am pretend to be this this person. This is all of me. Um, my good and my bad and my ugly. And, and this is all of you. And I'm going to love you no matter what. And, and I think that all of that is perfect. It's just when we take it out of where he originally designed it is when it gets a little confusing.
0: And again, that's something where you just have, it's more individual, right? Between you and the person you're dating, you kind of have to say, okay, you know, I've struggled with this before. And so we need to set some like tangible boundaries, right? Like, you know, we're not going to stay, you know, we're not going to hang out past midnight, or there's always going to be somebody around whenever we're home, like at our house, or we're always going to date publicly, or, you know, whatever it is that keeps you within those boundaries, right? Not because you just have to, but because that's what's honoring to the Lord. Yeah,
1: and honoring to each other and honoring to if you get married, it, it honors your future marriage. Or if you don't get married, it honors their future wife or husband as well. Yeah. And I think that most people, like you said, don't even talk about it. I mean, my goodness, have a conversation. We can't, you know, an architect uses a blueprint to build a, you to build a structure. Why would you not make a plan for the health of your relationship? Mm,
0: that's good. I like that analogy a lot. Yeah. Thank you. A lot of times it's like, well, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Right. Uh, that's not, no, that's not gonna work. Yeah. No. That's a recipe for disaster. Yep.
1: Yes.
0: Um, okay, so another one that I've gotten, it's kind of funny because, you know, I've always heard this of, like, okay, if you don't find a boy in college, then you're screwed because oh, no. that's, like, the perfect time all, you know, girls and boys of you know, the same age, you're all in the same town at the same time. So that's, that's, that's your opportunity. And, you know, especially where I went to school, it was like ring by spring or it's over kind of thing, you know, it's ridiculous, right? Uh, And so I got a lot of questions about how do you, like, what does it look like to date in the real world? What, you know, what is that even going to look like? Now there's not going to be anybody around, quote unquote. So uh, what do you think about that?
1: first of all, don't worry about it. This is a really cool, your single your single time is such a cool opportunity to decide who you are. And so getting out of college, you may not have all the clubs or whatever that were associated with the college, but what a cool opportunity to decide what interests you. Um, we just moved here to Chattanooga and there's so many cool things I didn't know existed. Like there's a whole community that paddle boards together. There's rock climbing communities. Um, my mom and stepdad this is obviously an older person thing but there's this huge communities that like to RV together the point is that you know whatever it is you're interested in there's a group for that and and a lot of people don't might not even know when they're just graduating college what they are interested in but maybe go to dance lessons or go I don't know, hiking, whatever it is that interests you. And, it, and you might go to a few classes and decide you hate it, but that's okay. Try something else. Mm-hmm. And and when you get in these communities, you'll meet people who have, like, interest, and they might also be cute. I mean, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's, that's always a plus. And I heard a friend when we first moved say, everything you get invited to, go the first year. And maybe that's good advice as you, you're single, too, because, sure, it's easier to stay in your pajamas and watch Netflix all the time. But if you want to meet people, they're not going to come knock on your door and ask mm-hmm. you to hang out. So sometimes you just have to get out there and you're not going to love everything you go to. But maybe right. you love two out of three. And that's a great opportunity just to, mm-hmm.
0: to just, meet people. Just show up, right? Just show, show up, up. Be there. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's something yes. I'm learning for sure. Yes. Um, okay, another one was how do you stay content in your singleness but also be open to dating? Because we always hear, you know singleness is a gift, which it totally is. And that's, that's 100% biblical. Um, but also, you know, how do you stay in that contentness, but also be, um, waiting for an opportunity to date someone?
1: Yeah. Um, I love this. So my single time, I, I wish someone would have told me this advice and that is, this is the only time when no one is going to, tell you what to do for, so to speak. I mean, obviously you're not, I mean, my husband doesn't tell me what to do. You're not going to get to that, <laughs> but you, but you have accountability. I can't just like, Hey, peace out. I'm going hiking for two weeks because I have a family, you know, who needs me and things like that. So mm-hmm. this is your time and you can absolutely write the script. Mm-hmm. So as I said, mentioned, you know, joining clubs or whatever, but I think that the dream, if, if we all did singleness correctly, I imagine it would be This girl and this guy, well, we'll we'll say a girl, for example, we're mostly talking to women. So the girl is, is just creating her best version of herself. So maybe she's taking this time to go to the gym or, um, get out of debt. I mean, my word, like, wouldn't that Mm -hmm. be great if everyone walked into marriage with no debt because they spent a few years like tackling debt. Um, and they're just like working on coming, becoming this incredible person. They're just so filled with joy because they're, maybe they're tracing chasing a dream of a being a business owner or an entrepreneur or um, just doing all these incredible things. And I guess, like I say, if, if we do all the, two, do this correctly, then on the outside, it just looks so glamorous mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're just living their best life. And they're just so fulfilled because they're, you know, getting rid of all the past burdens, maybe dead, or maybe seeing this, seeing a counselor, you know, getting right, getting the best version of yourself. And then you're just look so awesome. And wouldn't want to date you, right?
0: <laughs> that's a great, yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, just get yeah. ready, just make yourself as awesome as possible. I mean, someone you're just sitting there like.
1: I'm sorry, I can't talk to you because I'm too busy at the gym, and you know, like being awesome. And then, yes, the right person you can talk to, but not all the like. Well, he will do. Oh, I cannot say it when a girl will say he will do, or they they won't they won't say that out loud, but they they settle, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. don't ever, he will do, no, no, no. You are too busy becoming too awesome. And Mr. He is right for you mm-hmm. needs to chase your awesomeness. Mm.
0: The Represent. awesome, just as awesome or even more awesome will come they'll Preach.
1: Mm-hmm. Preach.
0: They'll be, li- they be lining up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's right. Um, how, I think we kind of talked about this a second ago, but I was thinking about it. But how important is physical attraction
1: in choosing to date someone? Um, I really like this because, well, especially in Christian cultures, we pretend, oh, it doesn't matter, right? Well, I just say say it like it is. I, I think it matters. Mm-hmm. I think, especially you know, when you're typically when you're dating, young twenties and thirties, it, it matters. I think that you know, across the room, you're going to be attracted to what you're attracted to, and there's nothing to apologize about that. Um, now, some people, are, of course, are born with you know, all the right features and some people have to do a little bit more work. I'm not saying you have to be born looking like a movie star, but we can all comb our hair and, <laughs> you know, wear something cute and brush our teeth and do all those things. So just putting yourself together, I think that it matters. But I think it's kind of, I'm sure this is all part of God's design because it's really cool as your twenties and thirties, when you're dating, you're naturally pretty because you're younger and all of those things. But I think it's amazing that in your 80s, ideally, you're still holding hands with that guy who caught your eye in your 20s. And you do not even see the wrinkles and the hair falling out and all those things anymore Mm -hmm. because at that point, you see history and memories and all of those things that bind you together. And looks don't matter anymore because you have all of that other beautiful glue and um, relationship awesomeness. And -hmm. so at that point, looks don't matter. But to get to 80, Mm-hmm. I think you got to brush your hair. <laughs> <laughs> if they can't brush their
0: hair at 25, <laughs> will they when they're 75? Yeah, that's right. the question. That's Because cool. yeah. someone was telling me, you know, that uh, they've turned down dates before. Because they were like, I'm not attracted to this guy at all, so what's the point? So what do you think about mm-hmm. that? I think you should give him a I- shot, and then, you know, mm-hmm. it's like free. it's like free food. For for one, like one shot, you know, just kind
1: of see how it goes. I guess it depends on how old you are. I mean, I wouldn't suggest a 16-year-old doing that because you don't need to give your heart away um, just because, you know, maybe for 25 and you don't have a million dates begging at your door, although you will if you're chasing your best life. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe that's a little contradictory because I I certainly don't want anyone settling. Going out to dinner with someone you're not necessarily attracted to, maybe not the end of the world – If they're not like repulsive, they might be an incredible person. So, eh, you know, if you're not, maybe get to know them. But I think that they're, I think the interaction is important. Um, Don't shut the door as long as they can brush their hair. We'll just go back to that.
0: (laughs) That's, That's the first on the list. Have they brushed their hair? Yes. Number one on the list, ladies. Yes. How do you know you're ready to move from dating seriously to engagement?
1: Ah, the million dollar question, right? Mm-hmm. So again, I think it is important to how old you are. Um, I don't necessarily think you have to date for two years, but I don't necessarily think that you should run off with someone when you've known them for six months. So I think it's important for how old you are. Um, however, what no matter how old you are, obviously the right person is, is super important. So how to, de- to define if you're ready? Um, I mean, I would, first of all, as we talked about a little bit earlier, making a plan for who you're dating. So is he what you're looking for? Um, you know, so many girls compromise and well, he goes to church like sometimes, but I thought you were looking for a Christian man who's a leader of your home. Mm. So let's, let's you know, put that defined. And, and if he... He gotta check that box is he a Christian leader, and let's not compromise because there's really just a yes or a no question so um so I'd make sure that he checks those boxes and and I don't want to sound like, oh was he good enough for me because you know we're all broken, but there's just some non negotiables and I think mm-hmm. that we can't women especially make so many excuses for the guys we love and and I don't know what that is in us we we just try and <laughs> be nice to him or whatever it is, but really and truly, I feel like God, um, women have so much more power than they realize. If they were to just say no, I am drawing a line in the sand, and I would just will absolutely not date you unless you are chasing after the Lord. Girls, I promise you, if every girl starts doing that, the guys would be like, "Well, then I guess I need to shape up." Mm. We have so much more power in that than we realize. But anyway, back to your question: When do you know when it's ready? Um, I would seek wise counsel. Mm. We we um we can a lot of times be blinded by infatuation. Um, Gary Thomas wrote a, a lot about that. He wrote sacred marriage, um, little FYI, but mm-hmm. infatuation is actually a thing. It, it's like a, our brains get all wackadoodle with love drugs, but it can only last 12 to 18 months. They've done the studies on that. So if you're still within that period, you might just be, you know, he can do no wrong period. And, and that's not a bad, we're all designed and that's okay to feel that way. But You might want to ask someone to make sure that you're making the right decision. If everyone is telling you you're not, you might want to listen to them Mm -hmm. (laughs) because a lot of times people can see things in ourselves that we can't see. Mm -hmm. But if your wise counsel lines up, um, you've had, you know, marriage counseling and he really is, you're both in a committed relationship to seeking the Lord. Then, um, then certainly talk about that. I mean, I don't think that there's a a timeline to that or whatever, but, um, 100%, one hundred percent, you have to be chasing the Lord. Not necessarily together, but on your own. Have you seen that triangle experience? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're like the woman's chasing the Lord and the man's chasing the Lord, and they meet at the top of the triangle. That is how it's all designed. And so, if he is sitting there not chasing the Lord, then you're running a three-legged race with someone who's laying on the ground, mm-hmm. and that's gonna and it's not gonna change because you put on a white dress. Um, the relationship, nothing gets better. Just because you get married, married, those have just become single problems that are now marriage problems.
0: Mm, that's good. That's yeah. a lot of stuff. Jeez. My mom has always told me that one. You know, you draw the triangle, here's you, here's your boyfriend, here's God. You know, are you both running at the same pace there? I like um, your mama. She's pretty good. It's a pretty good <laughs> one. Shout out, shout out to mom. Shout out to mama. Uh, okay. So another one, what advice do you have for the girl that's just been through a breakup? Because we all know that those are some really hard times. So can you give some advice to that girl and, and maybe some truths that she
1: can cling on to? Yeah, I actually just wrote a blog on this. So fresh on my mind, but the first kind of nugget I would say is take a minute to grieve because we live in this culture of just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get back out there, which we, if you lose a loved one to death, we have a burial, a memorial and a grieving process. But if you lose a loved one to a breakup, we're just expected to move on the next day and Mm. you've lost a loved one and it hurts and it is okay to take some time to grieve. Um, now you don't need to be here forever. This is not a, um, Six-month-long process. This is this is a short-term thing, but give yourself permission to feel all of those things. Talk with a loved friend. Write a note to him and light it on fire. Like, do all the things you need to feel, and and then you know bury that that period, so to speak. I mean, it, it is a death, and it needs to be treated like one. Um, and after you've taken a little bit of time to grieve, I would go back to to becoming your best version of yourself. Like we talked about it a minute ago, like. So many women just die. Well, another boy will fix me. Another boy will help, you know, cure all that's wrong with my heart. But if I'm going to throw another analogy out there, if you, if you break your leg while you're running a race, if you just keep running on that leg, it's not going to make it get better. You Mm -hmm. have to take a moment to heal. So you have to take a moment to heal and take time to become the best version of yourself. And then maybe go out there and start dating again. Um, but again, I would make a list. Be prepared because dating is such a, um, it's an exciting time and it's fun. And it's um, it's a wonderful opportunity to make one of the biggest decisions of your life. But we got to have a plan. We got to become become who we're looking for is looking for. Have you heard that? It's a mm, Andy haven't. Stanley quote. It's good. It's one of my favorite Andy Stanley quotes. So like become who you're looking for is looking for. So if dream guy is looking for, um, I don't know, a girl who's at the church, well, then perhaps you need to not be at the bar as much <laughs> if Dream guy, right? If Dream guy is super muscular, then perhaps put the potato chips down and go to the gym. I mean, don't mean to hurt your feelings, but we got to, you know, become who we're looking for is looking for, right?
0: I was just thinking about this when you were talking, but you know, there's that common idea that, you know, we're looking for that one one guy. How do you how do you feel about the idea that there's just one person out there waiting for us?
1: Uh I think it's a bunch of bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, you know, the idea of romantic love in human history is kind of a young idea if you think about it, because not too many generations ago people would You're marrying my daughter and I'm trading your family for three goats. I mean that <laughs> that is how marriages were made. And I'm not recommending we go back to that. Thankfully, we have a choice now. But I, I think it's ludicrous to think that that's just our romantic movie culture that did mm-hmm. that to us. Like, I think that's adorable that we have some movies. But that that's just the one person on the other side of Africa. You know, I think that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they're think. not there. <laughs> I, don't I know how know, I'm right? going to get there. <laughs> Um, I think we can have we can have physical uh, attraction to a lot of people, which is where it gets complicated. Because like, oh, he's cute, she's cute, whatever, um, and and that can happen, and that's not a bad thing. But compatibility, well, I would say we're compatible with a lot of people too. I've heard of counselors who have done marriage counseling with couples who check 10 out of 10 in compatibility. So that's not necessarily a deciding factor. It's just getting to know each other and love each other for where you are in that season my mm-hmm. husband and I have been married for 13 years. And I think about my word since then I've become a mother, which made me a whole new person. I've had like three career changes with a whole new person. You know, we've moved and same for him. And we just get to know to know each other over, over and over again. So mm-hmm. to think that, um, the person he was 13 years ago, um, I liked him then, but if I just liked that person, then I'm out of luck 13 years later because he's a new person and so am I. So, just getting to know each other in our different seasons. Yeah, I think that one person is crazy because we're all different people in a lifetime anyway.
0: Yeah, that's really good to think about. Yeah, obviously, we're going to change over our lifetime. And it's so easy to think about the now and also how culture has shaped our views of what marriage is and what it should look like and um, how it's going to be. And just in reality, so many of those things are lies. So we have to we have to set those aside and and realize what is reality for, for marriage and things like that. So, I really Preach. like that picture. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a big one, and everyone always says, you know, how do I boil it boil it down to one thing? But what is one thing that you wish you knew as a twenty something?
1: Oh gosh, um, I think that I would say. There's no erase button to life because I remember very clearly being 18 and 20 year old and thinking, um, well, I'll just make these decisions now and whatever I do on spring break doesn't come home with me and whoever I date and wherever I hang out and um, whatever I do is just in college or is just in high school or whatever it is. And, and I wouldn't have said it this way, but I guess I just thought that that was somehow separate from who I would be when I was a grown up. That one day I would meet Prince Charming, I would hit a race button, and all of those questionable decisions I made, um, you know, when I was in college would be erased, and we would walk through our forever with sunshine and rainbows on matching unicorns, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just, I, I felt like, and, and I thought, definitely thought that a guy is what I needed for my happily ever after for Mm. sure thought he, uh, um, a husband would be the answer to all my, my sorrow or sadness or whatever it was. So there, there, there's no erase button in life that the decisions you make will show up in your future. And that is especially, especially true with sexual sin. Um, There's just the gosh, sex is such a beautiful gift. And I think it's also the devil's playground because he knows how sacred it is. Mm. And when we, you know, there's absolute 100% grace for the girl who, um, who's made decisions. I mean, I was that girl too, who's made decisions that she has to carry with her the rest of her life. But again, there's no erase button and I still have to, um, those memories that haunt me will, will have to deal with the rest of my life because sex is binding. It is is concreting a couple together for life is the way it's designed, which again is beautiful in marriage and a hot disaster outside of it. Mm. So so these the decisions you make when you're young. Stay with you. I mean, as simple as that. So um, be careful of what the decisions you're making today because, yes, you only live once, but let's define fun because mm. <laughs> Jesus came to give us life and give it a lot more abundantly than what the, li- what the world is telling you is fun.
0: Yeah, that's good. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier of a guy is not your savior. He's not going to yes. fix all those problems for you, but... The truth is that our Savior has hit a race on those things, right? He has said, you know, your debt is paid. But you're right in that those are things that the enemy will constantly try to come in and say, remember when you did that? You're you're dating this new guy, but remember what you did in your past relationship? Are you really worthy of this relationship? Um, And the enemy will continue to use that. So coming back to truth of, you know what? my, my king, my savior has said that I'm washed clean. Um, and so yeah. Lord, I want to do it right this time. So maybe is there, is there something that you would say to the girl that, um, is caught in sexual sin, um, and kind of feels that way of like, I keep messing up and, you know, I don't know, I don't know what to do here. Uh, I don't know that, that I'll be able to really have a God honoring, uh, relationship in the future or, you know, do I even want that? You know, so what would you say to maybe that girl that's in that space?
1: Well, I love what you just said that, you know, he does wipe it clean. Um, First of all, I want to hug her. Mm. And I want to say I was that girl too. And um, I I never would have thought I I said I wanted a Christian relationship, but I, I didn't even know what that looked like. I didn't know what it meant. I just thought I wanted a guy to save me from being ridiculous and, and, somehow make me be good. I, I don't know what I thought that I wanted, but gosh, there's so much beautiful grace. And and yes, the enemy uses all those lies and says that we're not good enough. And well, you've already messed up a few times, so you might as well just keep living that life. But gosh, God looks at us in, in whatever the decisions that we've made thousands of times. And he's like, sweet girl, I, I want so much better for you. I, I'm just like, he's offering his hand and he's like, brushing you off and wiping your scars and stroking your hair. And he's like, come here because I want to give you so much better than you ever even thought.
0: Mm-hmm. Like he,
1: this boy, I want to give you a boy that's not going to run around on you. I want to give you a boy that looks at you no matter what you look like and just adores you. I want a boy that looks at you as the only woman in the world and stops comparing you. He wants to give us a marriage design like Adam and Eve. And, and mm-hmm. no one is exempt from this. This is not the girl who, who messed up and, and she's too far gone, or, or the guy who who messed up his mind by looking at too many plastic images? There is so much biting in our in our in our world and our hearts trying to tear us from this. Mm-hmm. But Jesus always wins, and He always says, "That stinks," and I'm so sorry that the, that you walked through all that. But today is a new day. Wipe the slate clean mm-hmm. because we're walking into some, something way better than that. Yeah, that's super, super good.
0: While you're talking, I was thinking about, um, something I read in Jamie Ivy's new book. Uh, she's kind of talking about how she has a, a history of sexual sin and, um, and then entering into a relationship with her husband and, uh, the night that, the night before her, when she married Aaron, her husband, um, her friend kind of wrote her this letter and in it was a passage from Ezekiel 16. Uh and it just kinda describes, you know, how God treated people after um, being involved in a lot of idolatry and rebellion. Uh and so he's kind of speaking over them as though they'd been an adulterous woman, so somebody who'd been in sexual sin. Uh and he does it from a language, you know, coming from a husband, um who wanted nothing but to see her washed clean um, and mm. the like clean. So I'm just going to read it. But okay. uh, it says, um, Later I passed by, and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. I gave you my solemn oath and entered into covenant with you, declares the Sovereign Lord, and you became mine. I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put leather sandals on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck, and I put a ring on your nose, earrings on your ears, and a beautiful crown on your head. So you were adorned with gold and silver, your clothes with fine linen and costly fabric and embroidered cloth. Your food was fine flour, honey, and olive oil. You became very beautiful and arose to be a queen. And your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty, because the splendor I had given you made your beauty perfect, declares the sovereign lord. So I just gorgeous. thought it was cool of just this like picture of this like complete washing and then like also adornment. Like, not only does yeah. he wash us clean, but he's like, here you go. You are so stinking beautiful. Like,
1: yes. here
0: you go. Get you some jewelry, get you some, <laughs> get you a cute outfit. Like, I see yeah. you as absolutely beautiful from head to toe um so to the girl that feels like that like that's that's what he wants for us right is to just be totally adorned from head to foot beautiful Um, so that was cool thing uh okay so another question I wanted to ask you is are there any resources you could put in our hands around the topic of dating
1: Yes, yeah, so what you just said reminds me of my favorite book in all of the universe, Redeeming Love. Have you read that? Oh, oh, heck yes. That's one girl. of my favorites. I read girl. it like three times. Me too. Okay, I read it three times. I just finished it again. I mean, but, okay, the short of it is it's based on the book of Hosea for the girl who doesn't know. And it is um, a man, a sweet, good man who marries a prostitute, basically. Mm. And it's all she ever knows. There's a long story behind it. But she keeps running away from it from him, this good guy, because she doesn't feel worthy. And he keeps fighting for her. And the best scene is when she runs back to prostitution, because again, it's all she ever knows. And um, and he's like beating people up and like, knocking down walls. And he's like, and he takes her back. And then I read that, that re- reckless love song, you know, what I'm talking uh, about, mm-hmm, ah, mm-hmm. I had just read that part. And in church, we're singing reckless love. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot even, <laughs> not even. <laughs> people must have thought I was like having all kinds of issues. I'm like, <laughs> you're like this
0: combination. is just, oh, oh man, it's give her me.
1: tissue, tissue. Yes. Yes. Re- redeeming love. Okay. So, um, that's a mandatory. If you are a female mm-hmm. also, I've mentioned Andy Stanley, he wrote love, sex and dating. Okay. It was a sermon series. I think it's either a three or four part sermon series. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's incredible. It's, gosh, I've probably read it, watched it 10 times in different Bible studies that I've done with college units. It's incredible. There's also a book about it. Um, also, Gary Thomas wrote The Sacred Search about mm. dating.
0: And then lastly, this is something I ask all my guests: is what is refreshing you these days?
1: Uh, yes, I love that. So, like I said, we just moved to Chattanooga not too long ago. And we moved from... Well, it was near the coast, but it was nowhere like it wasn't like the beach. It was more towards Savannah, Georgia, and now we live in the mountains of Tennessee. And I cannot get used to, and I hope I never do, get used to the views around here, Mm -hmm. like the mountains and there's waterfalls and there's creeks and and right now it's the all the trees are you know starting to get green. It's like this really bright, vibrant green and I mean, just driving my kids to school. I'm just mm. like with a smile on my face. I'm like, it's so pretty. Oh, I
0: love that. I, I think it was, I was watching your Instagram story last night and the chickens in the
1: background. I'm yes. like, that's the life. We have chickens. Yes, they are our pets. Totally, totally normal. They're about to move into a new chicken coop and my daughter asked tonight, "When are the chickens moving? I was like, well, they got to get a real estate agent and a U-Haul and escrow, <laughs> but uh, She's yeah, like, they're moving what? it. She's like, I don't even know what that means. Um, And um, also, 20-year-olds who love Jesus. I know Mm -hmm. it might sound silly, but girls like you, um, I have done this for I don't know how many years now, but doing college ministry, doing life with the younger me who I wish I would have been friends with like you guys. Young people who are unashamedly, 100% chasing the Lord and just trusting his, his plans for their life. It is so refreshing, and I will never get used to it. And I hope that I always have young people in our lives and at our dinner table. Mm. You guys just bring me life. And
0: we need people like you also. Oh. You know, we love people like you who are like, yes, come hang out. I want to just, just, you know, there's something so sweet and just not even like a one-on-one coffee date, but just come over to my house and like yeah. – Watch us do life like a mentorship by just like watching how you live is so sweet. So
1: know that it is
0: reciprocated.
1: When you come over, you have to sign the underneath of our dining room table. So when you come over from Texas, Texas,
0: that's so tomorrow, fun. right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. I'm coming. Yeah. yeah. I want to see your chickens.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's our chickens. And yes, we, we always always say you have to hold a chicken and you have to sign underneath our table. It's mandatory. It's just the way it works.
0: That's cool. I like that. How'd you guys yeah. come up with somebody accidentally like
1: somebody, somebody... No I, I don't remember if I saw it online or just thought it'd be a good idea, but um it was actually when we moved here and we had some people come visit us and when you first move, you feel kind of lonely, you know, it's like, uh, mm-hmm. and we had some people come visit us and it was like, it's time the table and like just remember all the people that we shared deal- a meal with and it's, so it's just become a tradition.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's a okay. yeah. I like
1: that. I might steal that one. Do it. Have steal away. That was so cool. <laughs> okay. So are those all your
0: refreshments there? Sure. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> all your refreshments. Uh, well, thank you, Katie. That was really yeah. awesome. I love Ken. Oh, likewise,
1: good best.